Good morning from Charlotte. I'm James Briarton. Hurricane Dorian made landfall in North Carolina at 835 this morning. It was a Category 1 storm with maximum sustained winds of 90 miles an hour. It happened at Cape Hatteras. Shortly after landfall, the National Weather Service issued a flash flood emergency, even more serious than a flash flood warning, as water began to flow onto the Outer Bank Islands. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper addressed that. We'll play his sound from his news conference in just moments. If you missed any of our overnight reporting, you'll want to check out the episode right before this in your feed, where we wrap up all of the impacts along the South Carolina coast and the North Carolina coast that occurred Thursday and during the early morning hours of Friday. Here now, Governor of North Carolina Roy Cooper and other state officials addressing the latest on the storm this Friday morning. Good morning, everyone. It was a long night for many North Carolinians along our coast. Most of southeastern North Carolina is out of danger. But this morning, Hurricane Dorian officially made landfall near Hatteras and continues to batter the Outer Banks and east, northeastern North Carolina with heavy wind and rain. The danger right now is the rising storm surge of four to seven feet and flash floods as the hurricane churns along the coast. Flash flood emergencies have been issued for Dare and Hyde counties, and officials are telling people to get to the highest point in their houses. There is significant concern about hundreds of people trapped on Ocracoke Island. There are rescue teams ready as soon as they can get in. This latest development shows that we cannot yet let our guard down. For the Outer Banks in northeastern North Carolina, continue to shelter in a safe place, keep off the roads, and stay alert. We currently have more than 215,000 power outages, and crews are working hard to restore power to those customers, and we should see those numbers drop throughout the day. There's still significant rain falling in eastern North Carolina, and it will continue to rain through much of the day. There are more than 70 roads that are impassable due to flooding or debris, and Transportation Secretary Trogdon will provide specifics in just a minute. There's still a high risk of flash flooding in northeastern North Carolina, so don't drive on roads covered with water. Those waters can rise quickly and it only takes a few inches of running water to wash a vehicle away. Barricade, barricades on roads are there for your safety, so don't drive around them. Don't put your life or the lives of first responders in danger. And we know a number of tornadoes touched down yesterday, but thankfully there were no reports of serious injuries because of them. There was significant damage, however. Since the risk remains, make sure you have a way to receive weather alerts in the event of a tornado warning. Right now we have 78 shelters open for those needing a safe place to stay, and more than 4,500 people stayed in those shelters overnight. Our public and private partners, along with many volunteers, are helping to make those available. Thanks to everyone who made preparations and thanks to those who evacuated. And also thanks to our first responders 
some of whom are still in harm's way. For those who evacuated, stay away until those evacuation orders are lifted and listen to your local emergency officials. If you evacuated, watch your local government website and social media channels for instructions on reentry. I have lifted the evacuation orders for barrier islands in the southeastern part of our state, and local officials are making decisions about when it's safe for people to return. Do not return home until your local officials say that it's safe to do so. When you're traveling, be mindful for the potential of downed trees, flooded roads, and power lines if you venture out today to clean up. Never approach a downed power line, and of course, don't drive through water. Remember to dial 911 only in an emergency, and for shelter, food, and non-emergency information assistance, dial 211. For people hard of hearing, please dial 888-892-1162 to reach someone to assist you. 211, by the way, is free, confidential, and multilingual operators are ready to assist you. And you can also stay informed by visiting readync.org for emergency information, drivenc.gov for road conditions, and if you want to donate your time or financial assistance, go to nc.gov donate. With me today, I have Emergency Management Director Mike Sprayberry, Public Safety Secretary Eric Hooks, Transportation Secretary Jim Trogdon, North Carolina National Guard General Jim Ernst, State Highway Patrol Commander Colonel Glenn McNeil, our FEMA Federal Coordinating Officer Libby Turner, Katie Webster, our meteorologist, Commander Mike Matt Moyers of the United States Coast Guard, and Lee Williamson, who is our sign language interpreter. First, I'm going to recognize today uh, Director Mike Sprayberry to give us a little more information on our emergency response. Mike. Thank you, Governor, and good morning, everybody. The State Emergency Operations Center remains activated at a level one. And as the governor said, northeastern North Carolina continues to feel the impacts of Hurricane Dorian with heavy rainfall, strong winds, and strong storm surge. Particularly in the sounds and rivers, they're feeling it, as well as on the barrier islands. We're closely monitoring the situation and are making plans for any general support, search and rescue operations, or for any requirements for an air bridge out to barrier islands. The risk of flash flooding remains high east of I-95, and therefore we still recommend the use of the North Carolina Emergency Management Flood Inundation Mapping and Alert Network, known as FIMAN, to ensure you are aware of potential flooding in your area. You can get there by logging in at FIMAN.nc.gov. That's F-I-M-A-N.nc.gov. You can sign up to be alerted by text or email by FIMAN when the rivers or streams get, begin to rise near you. Our Swiftwater rescue teams are now beginning to deploy and conduct wide area searches where the weather has improved. We've identified possible locations for our mass feeding kitchens, 
for our Baptist on Mission, American Red Cross, and our Salvation Army partners, and they're prepared to execute that mission as soon as it's safe to do so and if we've identified a need. Our post-storm preliminary damage assessment plan is in place, and the State Disaster Recovery Task Force is activated, and they continue to coordinate for a rapid transition from response to recovery. Our utility partners have begun, begun restoration in southeastern North Carolina and will expand their footprint as the weather improves. The state and medical uh, sheltering operations continue, and we continue to shelter pets as necessary. In closing, let me thank our local partners for all of their hard work. Many of them are still in the fight as they work together to protect their residents and to remind everybody to follow the instructions of their local officials. Thank you very much, and thank you, Governor. So now I'm going to uh, recognize Secretary Jim Trogdon of the Department of Transportation. Thank you, Governor. Uh, as of uh, 8 o'clock this morning, all of our interstates were open. Three U.S. routes in four locations had closures. The first was U.S. 264, just west of Greenville due to high water. U.S. 17 in Brunswick County near Shalote due to high water. U.S. 117 in Castle Hayne due to high water, and U.S. 117 South College Road in Wilmington also due to high water. And then last, U.S. 15 near Larnburg uh, due to trees and power lines. We had an additional six North Carolina primary roads, approximately half of which are closed due to trees and the other half due to high water in and around New Hanover and Pitt counties. Uh, and we also had about 60 secondary roads closed as of uh, 8 o'clock this morning, most of which were due to a combination of either high water or tree down. Uh, we also had an initial report a few minutes ago of uh, the, the loss or the closure and uh, the bridge being out on NC-12 just north of Ocracoke Village on Ocracoke Island. So today our crews will continue to assess damage I do believe we'll see these numbers grow throughout the day from where they were at uh, 8 o'clock this morning at approximately 70 roads, may even get up to 120 to 150 as the storm continues to uh, move to the north. Um, but we do believe our crews will be out uh, assessing those damages and repairing those as soon as possible. Uh, but everything looks much better than we had hoped for uh, at this point. Thank you. Thank you, General. We'll now recognize the commander of the North Carolina Highway Patrol, Colonel Glenn McNeil. Thank you, Governor. Good morning. The State Highway Patrol has been working throughout the night responding to calls for service as a result of the hurricane's effect. Downed trees and localized flooding have been the majority issues that our troops have faced throughout the night. Members have been quickly identifying hazards and working quickly with our DOT partners to remedy these hazards and to prevent and block roadways to prevent further issues. In the affected parts of our state, the Highway Patrol has responded to 77 calls for service and 21 collisions since midnight. So to the media that's present here, we want to thank you for helping us spread the word. People are listening and they also are staying off our roadways. We also ask the public to please heed the safety warnings that the Governor and Director Sprayberry has given regarding the the need to urge to want to run back and rush back to your areas and your to your homes in the affected areas. Please wait 
until the all clear signs are given by local authorities. The patrol continues to work with local municipalities to identify any hazards and to also assist utility companies with the repairs that they're coming in to make. Due to multiple power outages, we ask everyone in those areas to be extra cautious. Treat all of these intersections as a four-way stop. The potential for flooding and trees falling is not over. Always scan the roadway ahead. Reduce speeds and avoid distractions to better identify hazards that you may encounter. The State Highway Patrol will continue to work closely with our local law enforcement partners and assist as needed in the hours and days to come. Please continue to, do, to utilize drivenc.gov for up-to-date information regarding highway conditions. Thank you. Thank you, Colonel. I'm now going to call on Commander Matt Moyer of the U.S. Coast Guard to talk about our port situation. Thank you, Governor. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. With respect to the Port of Wilmington, including Matsu, the military ocean terminal Sunny Point, the Coast Guard in concert with our local, state, federal, and industry partners is currently conducting assessments of all of our waterways. We hope to open the Port of Wilmington with restrictions as early as this afternoon based on the outcome of those assessments. We will conduct similar assessments of the Port of Moorhead City once the storm passes and it's safe to do so. Thank you, and thank you, Governor. Questions? Well, Ocracoke Island obviously is surrounded by water. There is significant storm surge and flash flooding, and we understand that uh, the waters are rising quickly there. Uh, there have been emergencies issued by Dare and Hyde County, and they are telling people uh, to get to the highest point in their homes uh, to, to be safe. Uh, right now, the, the storm is raging there. I don't think rescue crews can get in at this point, but they are ready to go as soon as they possibly can to get there and rescue people. But we don't have any more specific official information than that. There's some things going around on social media, but we don't have any official information about the status. But it, it does, it, it is concerning to, to have this significant storm surge there and that so many people are on the island. Uh, we understand maybe as many as 800 people, but I, I don't know if that's official either, so I probably shouldn't say that, don't know that for sure. Other questions? Beyond that, could we hear maybe from the Coast Guard or the National Guard, anybody else who's relevant about any rescues, if any, that have had to uh, be conducted so far? We don't have any rescues that have occurred thus far, no. Then one other, I, is it possible, uh, Director Spreber, we may not need the mass feeding kitchens? It sounded like that, that, those, that was a potential, not a definite at this point. 
We're not going to say no just yet because, as the governor said, we're still having the storm effects uh, impacting on northeastern North Carolina. So once the storm passes, we'll analyze what the need is, and, um, and then we're prepared to rapidly go in there and set up a mass feeding operation. We've got all of our partners here at this time, and we're ready to execute the mission uh, if we see that demand signal. Governor, echoing what Secretary Trogdon said, um, I, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of doom and gloom this morning and concern because you don't want people to let their guard down, and I get that. But he said that it, things look much better than, than even he had hoped for yesterday. Is there a, I, I know you don't want to say much until this thing is completely gone, but is there some relief this morning, at least for the southern yes, middle for, to Yes, for south the southeastern part of North Carolina. Although we haven't done damage assessments yet, so some people may be tra tragically affected that we don't officially know about, but just preliminary reports we're getting from local government officials, then in, at least in the southeastern part of the state, the storm is not as bad as feared, which is a, a positive thing. But we have to remember that this storm is still raging in the northeastern part of our state in the Outer Banks. and things potentially there could be worse than than we had feared so we just we just don't know yet and I think uh, what I've instructed people to do is to make sure we're continuing to be ready uh, we will ratchet down uh, the the assets and the personnel that we need depending on the threat that is still there we obviously are mindful of taxpayer money but I think most people want us to be overprepared rather than underprepared and that's that's what we're doing this morning I'm sure that we will be ratcheting down things in the southeastern part of the state and maybe even transferring assets to the northeastern part of the state depending on the damage there and the necessity for search and rescue teams and swift order rescue teams if I may follow up with Secretary Trogdon sure. um, yesterday we asked about the drones um, were uh, have you in the southeastern part, the, the roads and areas that were affected badly by Florence, have you have you flown those? Have you looked at those? Uh, we've, we've flown seven missions so far that I'm aware of. I haven't seen the data yet, though. Um, and to expand on, on, on my perspective, uh, I was speaking solely from the transportation. As you know, that, that doesn't look at the human element, uh, you know, impacts to housing, all those. But purely from a transportation, uh, a great example would be you know, as the storm passed uh, today, we're at 75 uh, roads this morning. Uh, compared to uh, Florence, I think I was already at 750 by the same time period, and it grew by the next day to 1,600. So we're keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, but in the south, as the governor says, is exactly correct. In transportation, uh, the tree debris has been what we're seeing more of than, than previous storms, and that's easy to, to repair. Are there any reports of injuries in the northeast part of the state along the Outer Banks, Barrier Islands? And the second question, um, when do you expect to be able to get crews into Ocracoke? Uh, Mike, I'll let you handle that. Yes, sir. So we don't have any granularity on what's actually happening out on the Barrier Islands. We have heard um, unofficially that there could be, you know, hundreds of people that are trapped out there. We don't have a really good number on it. Um, we're in contact with the folks out on Dare and Hyde and Currituck and those counties, so uh, 
you know, but they're mainland. And so it's tough to really get a good read on what's actually happening out there. Um, relative to the question about the weather, I think uh, our meteorologist is telling us that the uh, storm should be um, pretty much moving out to the northeast uh, by this evening. And so uh, what we're doing is we're now uh, moving aircraft forward uh, so that we can quickly get in there once it's safe to fly. Uh, we'll also have swift water assets and urban search and rescue teams for any structural collapses so that we can punch in and if we need to do an air bridge uh, over to a barrier island, uh, we can do that. So we'll be prepared once it's safe uh, and the weather's cooperating. No reports of injuries yet? Not yet. Yes, sir. Can you clarify what an air bridge is? So, Travis, what? thank you for that question. What we would do is we would have general support helicopters like uh, UH-60 Blackhawks or CH-47 Chinooks, and they would be able to bring supplies and commodities over to the island and then bring people back as necessary. And then if I could... I could also ask uh, tornadoes. There were a half a dozen or so that looked like it spun up yesterday during the day. Were, were there any overnight, or or did that uh, that problem kind of stop after several hours yesterday? Recognize Katie Webster, our meteorologist. Thank you, Governor. Thank you for that question. So certainly our largest tornado activity was yesterday during the day, yesterday morning into the afternoon. That tornado watch was continued into parts of the overnight hours, but most of those tornadoes that we saw were during the day. Um, I think in total we've seen about 13-ish tornadoes. Certainly that needs to be officially confirmed by the Weather Service. Um, but those really subsided as those rain bands moved northward yesterday, and we don't expect so much in that way today. Thank you. behind you is a mic there so all right thank you um this is for secretary trogdon it may be early to ask this but do you know if of any of the road closures look like they might be longer than a than a few days uh, because of damage to the road or is it mostly high water and trees so it, it's high water at this point it will depend on how fast those go down but i'm already hearing from uh, my engineer and that covers new hanover county that things are really draining much better than uh, we've seen uh, historically so those may come off pretty quickly and as long as there's no um, more significant damage once that high water goes down uh, it could be fairly quickly we could reestablish uh, those uh, opening those roads thank you no further questions we'll be back at four today thank you And before we go this morning, we want to hear from you, when it's safe to do so, of course. There are several ways to get in touch with us. One of the ways is to leave us a voice memo. If you're listening to the podcast feed, which obviously you are, check the description of the show, the show notes, for a link on how to send us a voice recording. You can also send us an email or find us on social media. We want to know how you're doing, where you wrote out the storm, and your thoughts on the lasting impact of Hurricane Dorian. <laughs>